The nauseous words seemed well-nigh incredible in that yellow sunlight, with the clatter of cars and motor trucks ascending clamorously from crowded 14th Street, yet I confess uh, that I believed them then. Whether I believe them now, I honestly do not know. There are things about which it is better not to speculate, and all that I can say is that I hate the smell of ammonia, and grow faint at a draft of unusually cool air. Just like how some of us now grow faint at the sight of what thumb filmmakers have done to the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of cinematic Lovecraft adaptations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. <laughs> I'm Jim Rohner. And I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be reviewing 2007's Chill, written and directed by Serge Rodnunsky, or depending on who you are or what film it has been, Miles Feldman he also goes by. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean he's very prolific this guy and I <laughs> I I agree with your note. I don't think I've ever seen any of his other films. Yeah, so um some background on writer, director, producer um Serge Rodnansky. Um his father was a symphony conductor. His brother Jim invented the cable cam system and has won numerous technical Emmys and Academy Scientific and Technical Awards from Ampus for it. And now the cable cam system, if you think, I don't know what that is, if you ever watched a football game and you've seen the camera flying over the field, you have seen the cable cam system. Yeah, that's a crazy, yeah. I was like, wow, okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. So his brother invented that. Um, his brother, who I also believe passed away a few years ago, sadly. Um, but Serge worked as a dancer and choreographer and worked in the American Ballet Theater. He oh. studied physics at NYU. He was a dancer in Cats, the the original Broadway production, yeah. and was a regular performer on the TV show Fame. And he's got 43 director credits on IMDb, none of which I recognize. And now you might be saying, well, how does any of this qualify him to direct an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation? And the answer is, I have no fucking clue, but he did. But he did, and... And it's amazing that he did a better job than Albert Pune. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. Um, like <laughs> we we mentioned in the last episode, Chill. It, it seems to be more of a of an inspired by than a based on when it comes to cool air. Um, yeah, IMDb describes it as a quote classic retro horror thriller, which I think just means it's low budget, basically. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. see anything that was classic or retro about this. It, I mean, I guess because it's two thousand seven, but it it. It feels very '90s horror yes. to me. Yeah. It does, which, which actually is not a knock to it. Actually, oh. I kind of dug that weird. Like again, this film, very digital filmmaking, but mm-hmm. didn't look as cheap. Like no, kind of surprised. I think because there's a lot more running around. I mean, it was almost comical the amount of running around this one, <laughs> like three three block area. Of, <laughs> yeah. You know, that was kind of funny, mm-hmm. but. But it was something about it that I was like, okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm digging this, like, and I'm I'm digging like the little differences of, you know, you have a film where it's like, okay, this guy needs a job, and we watch him go, and and go into this store, mm-hmm. like a like a like a little supermarket like place, little bodega, it, yeah, 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 a little bodega, and you know what's funny? It looked like a, a real bodega, like mm-hmm. it looked like a real store, like mm-hmm. you had the panettone on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which i thought was a good like i'm like this looks like a real place and i and again like look we were talking about with the other one with cool air how it's just like okay boom this this doctor tells him everything and then that's it this one we have a build-up we have the doctor mm-hmm. looking at this guy yeah then then you have him meet him when he goes for the job interview mm-hmm. then you have he has like a stroke from di- diabetic 
yeah, he's, he's got the diabetic shock, and the doctor treats right. him for that. Right, but not knowing that he's being treated with that, uh, you know, the Something serum. Else. Yeah, yeah. Right, and like it builds, and like the guy, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just like it just seemed like a a natural progression of this guy sees it's kind of weird, but he needs the job really badly. Right. You know, he's he's down on his luck. He. Something he used to be in the medical field. We don't know why he left. Personal reasons, whatever the case may be, but he just needs a job for a little bit. So, so he just moved into the neighborhood. Yeah, and and this guy was likable. Like he seemed like, oh, this guy means well. Okay, I hope for the best for this guy, as opposed to our creepy writer, autistic hottie guy. Uh, yeah, you and, and and you know what? Because what with Cool Air, Charles was. He was a dick. Like we kind of we were we immediately didn't like him, and so we had, but we still had to follow him. This guy, not Sam, all, right? Not, yeah, Sam, Sam um, played by Thomas Calabro, who is best known as he. He was in both Melrose Place series, yeah, um, and co-starring Ashley Lawrence, uh, Maria, better known as as James pointed out last time. Oh, Kirsty, Kirsty, Kirsty from Hellraiser. Yeah. Huh. Um, but what what makes Sam, if not likable, then at least relatable, is he seems like he's in over his head and just trying to figure out what's going on. Like, exactly. Like, like the weird question, like, like I love the, the reaction of when this doctor asks him, do you know how to sew? <laughs> and he, and, and he's like, uh, what, what? No, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, okay. Like I'd sometimes I need someone to sew some of my garments. So it's like, it's a really weird thing to ask. And we, and of course us, as we know the story, we know what he's actually, at could you see, the little glimpse of like his skin, yeah. like his, mm -hmm. you know, his hand, like it's, it's cleverly done to an extent, like, you know, it's low budget, whatever, but it's like they surge. Actually, you could tell, okay, I have a low budget, but I want to show a little bit. I want to show a glimpse of the face. I want to show a glimpse of the upper, like little things like that. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm digging this. I want to see where this goes, like where they take the story. And then with the inclusion of like, the, the prostitutes that are getting kidnapped to be used for skin fodder mm -hmm. and stuff too. I, I dug that. Was, and like, you know, there's a lot going on in this film, like, like considering like, then you have like the, the cop that won't leave um, Ashley Lawrence's character, uh, Maria right. alone, mm -hmm. like, like a jilted lover. They, for what it sounds only went out once. Yeah. And, yeah, and he just won't stop. Yeah. Real toxic uh, masculinity guy that just can't let it go. Played by James Russo, who is like, He's prolific. He's been everything from like Django Unchained, The Ninth Gate, My Own Private Idaho. He's like, <laughs> oh wow, okay. Like, 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 if you look at his IMDb, IMDb page, he has twenty five upcoming projects <laughs> alone, and he's he's been prolific since like the eighties. So God bless him. Yeah, no, no, and you know he does a good job being a scumbag. Again, weird enough, a scumbag cop in this time and age. Mm, yeah. It kind of was like, I was like watching, like, oh, yeah, oh, man, I want this guy to get his comeuppance. Okay, I hope so, yeah, you know? It's funny how that's very believable. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, I mean, but I but I believed, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's a weird thing to say when I believed, like, Sam, like you said, Sam's down on his luck, and I believed where he was coming from. He wasn't malicious. He was just trying to make it, like, and he's kind of weirded out by stuff that's going on, but he's like... But I really need this job, so you know what? I'm gonna kind of ignore it. And then this girl really likes me, mm -hmm. and, and that's awesome. She's like a really good-looking woman. But then, like, she's straight up with it right away, saying that I have a stalker too. So she's likable too, right from the onset. Like, okay, I feel bad for her too. So these poor, like, these two poor, you know, 
trying to eke their way, way through li- their lives, and you have all these different things around them trying to like just either stop it or just ruin it for them. Right. You know? And and because one of the things that was cool about the the short story is there's mm-hmm. almost the subtext of sort of fate in the sense of this guy mm-hmm. this was the only apartment he could afford and that gets him into this like larger world of this story of this doctor who's doing crazy shit and he gets roped into that only because he has a medical condition like he has a heart attack and the doctor treats him so like it's this idea kind of like of an inescapable destiny and there's the same feeling in this one where this guy's he's an out-of-work writer he needs to take anything he can get and it's as you said like do you sew can you fix the air conditioning it's all like well no but i'll 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 try you know i i got to do what i can do and so even when when the cop shows up to kind of and they interact the first time he's almost like what does this cop want to do with me like he he's reacting right like oh i know what you did to the girl so he's like what are you talking about like mm-hmm. like like i don't even like oh was is this is this the van for the store like yeah but i don't drive it which he doesn't like no. he's be, he he's telling the truth 100% well, he, yeah you know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I really don't know. Like, yeah, and, but, and and then we get when when we do get the reveal later on, like why he left the the medical profession. You still don't say, oh, he's a piece of shit. You're like, oh man, he he fucked up once, and mm-hmm. he's just trying to get past that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. and it's like so it's kind of funny that the the doctor knew who he was the whole time, mm-hmm. but was trying to play along like. Because why would he know that? You know what I mean. But yeah. like he re- he reminds him of his former assistant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of creepy because like the assistant's still there. Like <laughs> yeah, like, which is cool. We'll we'll get to that. But yeah, it, yeah. As as we said, it's sort of more inspired by than based on. Um, yeah. The similarities are few and kind of far between. Like you know, once again, out of work writer gets a low paying job to get by. Um, there's a Mrs. Herrero and a Dr. Munez, you know, the latter of whom is doing unnatural experiments to maintain his unnatural life, including keeping himself at, at a consistent 55 degrees. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a medical emergency. And in this one, it's kind of diabetic shock versus a heart attack that introduces our main character to the doctor. Um, and there, there, there's a Necronomicon for some reason. Other than that, this is just kind of basically sort of like a a macabre serial killer film in, in which the, the main villain is, is basically kind of a vampire, but sort of needs skin instead of blood. Like, because his skin is constantly like kind of rotting. He needs new skin to kind of basically repair or replace the parts that are literally falling off of him. Also like cool air chill is badly hampered by its budget constraint. I mean, the, it is the way the doctor's face melts before that explosion. Like, ugh, that's, that's a rough effect. Oh, oh, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, like the fire effect. Yeah, yeah, basically his face melting off, and then mm. it, you know, but the the goon wearing people's faces is is kind of cool, if not entirely justified by the narrative. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's he's just, now he's a hulking brute. Like, like wasn't he's one of the the old um assistance right that he had yeah and he's he's basically kind of like a leatherface character in the sense of he goes out to get the new fresh bodies that the doctor can use for his 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 skin grafting experiments if you will um i i, I do find it funny though okay then and this one little funny that i was kind of laughing out loud which was when this guy leatherface jr goes and grabs the one prostitute that was you know, having sex with the one guy in the front seat mm. pulls pulls her out. Mm. Okay, and then the and then he comes back to the guy, and the guy's like, 
like, uh, uh, like, like he doesn't know what to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm like actually screaming, going, just fucking put the car on and yeah. drive. You're, you're in a, a moving vehicle right now. Just right. move. I assume it was his car. And then what does he get? I uh, get stabbed. Like to me, that was a funny scene because you're thinking, oh, the, the killer's going to, you know, he's going to take him away. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Then he comes back, stab, stab, stab. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, see, he gave you a chance to escape. Yeah, there's there's some weird filmmaking decisions in this, <laughs> like this one. And especially that that opening sequence in which uh, knockoff Anton Yelchin was getting chased by um, Leatherface Jr. The, the <laughs> knockoff Anton Right, yeah. right. <laughs> It, yeah, I, I and I assumed that guy was going to be like a main character for some reason, like right, like well, here, oh, who's this guy? Here's not even my complaint with that because that sets it up as though like oh, this guy's going out and capturing strangers for some reason that will be revealed. But the way that it it's shot and cut together is you have no concept of how close in relation they are to each other. Very much so, right? So right. we have separate shots of him running and the guy chasing him, and then all of a sudden the guy's right behind him. Like it's so it's so incoherent, incoherently put together that it's like, what? Okay, I, I. And then also when the three of them, um, Sam, Maria, and the the black pimp dude are running away, and it just seems like they're just running in a, a circle around a the circle, park, basically. Right, because then like he gets caught up, and then I love pimp dude gets um hit with the van. Yep, like slammed again. <laughs> And then, and then his, and then he gets away still. And when they run for a phone, oh, we got to go to a bar. Oh, the, right, it was a bar. They were going, it, it and was, it was closed. It, it Wait, it's never, but it's never closed. I'm like, okay, the, why is it closed? It's kind of <laughs> weird, right? And then, oh wait, there's a phone. And they go to the payphone. <laughs> right. He's like, I gotta. I, he's like, I gotta call my boys. I, yeah. And and the funniest thing about that was they run off like they're smart. They're like, oh shit, let's get away from him. Mm -hmm. And then it just. You you saw a glimpse of the big hulking Leatherface guy, and then him going, huh? Mm -hmm. And then no more. And you're like, That's it. Yeah. okay, I guess he's dead now. I also think that this film has a similar problem with Cool Air in the sense that the 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 person they get to play the Doctor, who I also called knockoff Jeff Daniels, <laughs> is he's not interesting or charismatic. Like the Doctor needs to be a guy that pulls you into his gravity and you want to hear his stories. And this guy's just kind of kind of nasally and just a bit weird looking like yeah like he like i looked him up he, he really act much and i could see why like he wasn't he didn't have that gravitas like like by the end he's like mrs herrero yeah mrs herrero like like whining it's like shut yeah. up dude and she's like doctor like I'm like what is going on here yeah like what, like, like what are they like a married couple now all of a sudden like it's yeah his his story is much more interesting than him at like it, like the, the story yes. deserves a better character to play it basically but yeah. I, I mean despite all i mean we've we've laughed and we've joked a bit about it but the core <sighs> and the spirit of this adaptation i actually kind of admire because mm -hmm. surge sort of took some pieces that would work for him but tried to make his own movie and We've talked about the end. So the end revealed that, you know, Sam, while he was passed out from his diabetic shock, the doctor started working on him. And now he has to sustain himself just how Dr. Munoz did. It's right. such like a punch in the gut. Like, it, yeah, and it, it, that's a good dark ending. You're like, he has to deal with this now, like, mm -hmm. like or he's going to die. And yeah, and is, is more truthful to because this is just one of lovecraft's like lesser kind of macabre stories but it's more truthful mm -hmm. to the theme of his work in the sense of 
horror perpetuates this inescapable despair, just kind of like his existence is now entirely destroyed, basically. Like, he, yeah, he's now because and like and that's an interesting arc, especially like here was a guy we said he was likable, he was relatable and he by no will of his own was pulled into the situation. And now he is suffering for it. And it's such like, oh, my God, are you serious? And the weird thing, too, was like, OK, so he's now has to deal with this. He we already see him grabbing some guy and kills him and then is sewing himself so it's like did he lie the whole time like he knew how to sew mm-hmm. like like you know what i mean because we we know he was like he 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 messed up on the operating table and like killed somebody yeah okay so that happens but the confusing thing or i guess the weird thing to me was that you know i have that and then you have ashley lawrence's maria who i thought was dead but then she's like walking all weird and then picks up the necronomicon and I, then I think I may have been looking at my phone because I did okay. not, I did not recall seeing that moment because she's like because I thought she was dead but like because like he tried to save her and whatever and then he went off like after the place is burnt down mm-hmm. and went back I don't know like it was weird like because now he's at the shop I I don't know the the whole or is it a different shop I don't know it was weird right I, like I, I don't know the the Maria character and her relationship with Sam was not well constructed so no no. i don't like i mean cool if you're these dudes making these movies and you write these women characters that did not exist in the text cool but just have them be characters instead of love interest number one yeah i mean even even ah fuck i'm thinking maybe her introductory scene could have been her on the phone talking to bill collector so she went on the date with the cop because like she needed so she needed financial help or something but just that she's something yeah she's a nothing character basically um, yeah which is which is a shame because it's ashley lawrence you know like yeah she, she you know she did three different hellraiser films and like she's like a known horror entity and that's probably why they cast her yeah of course for the name for, you know for the name recognition which is fine but give her more to chew on. Give her. Yeah. She she can do more. She has done more. Yeah. Yeah. You no. know. So it's, ha- not, it's not like it's not like the the woman who played the autistic character. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, my lord. Like you know. But I mean, it's it, it, it's a shame. It's again, we've said it a, a few times on this podcast about introducing like a female character, but just having her either be the victim or just the love interest and yeah. nothing else. Or or just or, yeah. or both or mm-hmm. both. You know. Yeah, or I'm going to uphold the man, main character, and and my my sole yeah. purpose will be to further his journey in this narrative. Yeah, it, it's it's kind yeah. of frustrating, but it, I, I don't even want to say but it's it's kind yeah. of frustrating. It, 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 it's frustrating. It's it's a bad trope that needs to just go away unless you do something interesting with that trope. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Which I never see, which I never really see. So. No, and and we, you know, I personally have criticized Stuart Gordon a lot on this podcast. Uh, what he did with Barbara Crampton's character in From Beyond yeah. is, hey, that was, that was smart and that was interesting and that was, mm-hmm. that did something that added a character that did not exist in the text and she added something to the themes, to the story. Yes. Was, that was great. But yeah, so so this is like a, I appreciate this film more than I like it. Serge was trying to do something that didn't right. exist. Like, he kind of took... I mean, we talked in the last episode, maybe there's just some stories which aren't meant to be adapted. Mm-hmm. So he took elements that he liked, but then he's like, but I'm going to make my own story out of this, and I have to appreciate that. 
I appreciate that. And like, I liken this film as if I went to like a video store and I saw this film and I went, let me rent it. And I watched it. I wouldn't feel offended. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll never watch it again. But like, it was, it was fun enough. You know, yeah. like I, I got something, I didn't feel like a waste of 90 minutes. It, it more or less felt like cool. You know, they try, he tried something different. Was it, was it needed to be made? Well, wh- how many films are needed to be made? Right. But at the same time, it's definitely a million times better than Cool Air. Right. And and even like, the 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 cover art for this one is actually kind of cool. The way with like the two cooler doors and like the yes. frost and how it makes us go like that's that's a that's an interesting image and that kind of drew me in. Like okay, maybe this will be something kind of interesting. Yeah, and and you know what it is again. I I think I liken it to. The reason why it was fun, and we said it, likable characters, and, like, the main guy wasn't, like, the problem with the other one was he was very monotone. Ugh, His yeah. narr- you know what I mean? This guy, like, he, you know, down on his luck, but you felt for him, and and then I was like, I'm uh, trying to think, what else do I know him from, too, besides Melrose Place? He was from this really good made-for-TV, like, sci-fi film called Day Nest, about killer roaches. Oh, it's, and, and it's a fun film, and he's the star of that. I'm like, oh, my God, that's him. No wonder I like him so much. But that that goes a long way. Like, you know, we always say, like, if you're going to tell a story, have likable characters. Have people you root for. And really, the thing that could have made this film actually really good would have been a better villain. Like, the doctor, a yeah. better actor would have been, like, like, you know, hell, you could have had anyone from, like, a Lance Henriksen or a Michael Ironside. You know, know what I mean? Lower yeah. budget actors that can chew that scenery and have fun or if he was you know like i don't know like someone like a richard lynch who always played a good villain like in films um but yeah this guy is just like like you said nasally and boring like, it's like, hell i would i would have settled for like a, a xander berkeley or, or, or a dean stockwell because what was dean stockwell doing at this time really all he was doing the other dunwich horror right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well you know what he would have been a good choice like older like doctor that's just lived for a hundred years and yeah. and again it would have been a cool little nod oh yeah he's done uh yeah you know it certainly would have been but yeah because because when in this film we kind of have we the way we first see the doctor he's got like his hood pulled over his eyes and he comes yeah. in and then we see his face and just oh you're just a pale white guy okay right and then he and then he takes the wig off and it's like oh yeah. got a scar okay well, and and that this was a funny thing that i forgot <laughs> to talk about in the cool air episode in this one at least like i kept thinking throughout the cool air one like you were shooting in la how hard would it have been to find some makeup artist that was going to work for cheap because they need exposure or they're working oh, of like course. and and, and like, they had that here because once again it wasn't the effects weren't great but they but, put they put some money into the effects Right. If if these effects were done on the, the you know the woman in, um, Cool Air, at least then you'd be like, we would have been like, oh, at least the effects were good. But they didn't even bother with that. They didn't yeah. even get like a guy coming out of like Tom Savini's school to like, hey, I want to get my first job. Cool. I'm 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 doing a Lovecraft adaptation. I'm working with Albert Hume. I, I'll do it for yeah. nothing. Yeah. No. Instead, we just kind of had some keyframed like computer blur over the face like oh okay yeah yeah this this is a story in which the climax is like literally a person melting and you're gonna give me that like okay fine right i mean funny enough the melting effect was done so much better in juan vu's color of you know like like 
Like, isn't that funny thinking, like, that was super low budget, but they just show, like, the dripping out. Yeah. And that was so much better. That was, like, that was a million times better. So you don't need the best digital effects or, or practical. You just do something. Try yeah. something. Yeah. Show, show me a few wet footsteps kind of, like, going up to a bathtub. Right. And then show me a low camera angle of, like, what looks like a hand dripping out. Right. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah like, like, yeah, exactly. And, and, and ultimately, that's the heart of like you know a love a lovecraft you know adaptation should be like you don't have to show it all either you can no. show glimpses and it's all in your mind oh my god what happened to that person mm-hmm. i don't even want to know yeah. you know but 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 yeah but chill a good sunday like afternoon movie nothing else but not offensive that that <laughs> was that i was so grateful for that yeah i i will <laughs> say i did watch both of them with the air conditioning on didn't really add mm-hmm. much to the effect for it, but you know whatever no yeah. I did too. I, I I didn't feel the chill. I just felt nice, you know. <laughs> no, but I, one thing I will give them, I don't <laughs> love the smell of ammonia. So that, that has been <laughs> chill. Uh, email us at you. Uh, nope, did it again. Movies of madness at gmail dot com. I'm Nolan fixes teeth on Twitter. James is fistful of media, and we are cast of Cthulhu dot podbean dot com. Um, we don't have anything locked in just yet for July, but uh. Well, at least as of this recording, that may right. change by the time this episode has been posted. But we're thinking maybe doing a return to some spiritual adaptations. The easily available literal adaptations are getting near the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've we've got some interest from some uh, potential guests who want to maybe talk about some uh, some spiritual adaptations. So stay tuned to the the Facebook page for that. But uh, yeah, it's looking like we might be getting back to spiritual adaptations for July, which uh, you know. It, uh, you know, Prince of Darkness was the best Lovecraftian film we've ever watched, and it wasn't. It right. had nothing to do with the text. So exactly, and who knows? I mean, I don't. We probably won't be covering the third of the uh, Carpenter yet. We want to do that. Yeah, pro- I'm thinking closer to like Halloween time, maybe oh, that would yeah, that'd be work good. more. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but because then we'll be all out of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it, no more Carpenter already. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. But... It's okay. Well, well, there's always something, and hell. If anyone has any suggestions, please send them our way. Maybe it's something we haven't thought of, we haven't heard of. Some, we've talked about it jokingly, like The Curse, which wasn't a good film, but it was never even touted as a Lovecraft film yeah. until recently. Like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, it's a Lovecraft. It's like, oh, yep. cool, okay, fine. So tell us, please. Let us know. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we'll be, we'll be searching whatever streaming service we can find. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about anything that we can get our hands on so you know do obviously stay tuned for whatever we've got brewing next uh, but in the meantime james and i will be uh waiting and dreaming with dead cthulhu in his house in Relia. <laughs> <laughs>